Please note, if you're listening to this, you must be 18 years of age or older. This podcast contains adult themes and may include descriptions that listeners could find offensive. Thank you. There is never a time or place for true love. It happens accidentally, in a heartbeat, in a single, flashing, throbbing moment. Sarah Dessen. Welcome to the Kinky Nerdy Polly Podcast. This is episode 26. Hello, I'm G. I'm M. And today we're going to be talking about new relationship energy. Or NRE. Yes. So, M. G. Why don't, you, <laughs> uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about new relationship energy since I think you put a definition in the show notes. I did, because like, you know, when we do these episodes and we're talking about a technical term, I like to pull what the dictionary says or what Wikipedia says, even though that's not the be-all end-all. Yes. There's many different definitions and beliefs about things but straight from wikipedia here we go new relationship energy or nre refers to a state of mind experienced at the beginning of sexual and romantic relationships typically involving heightened emotional and sexual feelings and excitement nre begins with the earliest attractions may grow into full force when mutuality is established and can fade over months or years the term indicates contrast to those feelings aroused in an old or ongoing relationship. So that is the straight from Wikipedia definition. Yes. So what do you think about this definition? Generally, I'm actually quite surprised. I agree with it overall. I think, you know, the idea of these heightened sensations and feelings and perceptions, the excitement. Being um, head over heels for someone. Yes, exactly. That being swept off your feet kind of feeling. And that it kind of contrasts from the older, more, like, stable, steady energy that you might have. But I will say the only thing that I will add here, kind of tweak a little bit, is that I think that this principle extends to many different types of relationships. So I don't think it has to be just, I don't think it has to be sexual and romantic. I think it can be, it can be sexual for sure. It could be romantic. I could be just friendship. You know, it could be an emotional, just like, you really want to be that friend of that person. Yeah. And so I like to call that NFE, new friendship energy. Okay. Have you ever experienced that, G? Huh. Um, I don't think so. Most because it takes me a very long time to get to the point where I'm comfortable with a person. I suspect new friendship energy is more along the lines of, I just met you and I instantly want to be friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I don't really do. Okay. That. I see. Yeah, I've had I've had a lot of NFE. Okay. Or even what is called alterous attraction. So like having the new relationship energy be around that alterous attraction, which is like neither platonic nor romantic. Okay. Um. So there's definitely been, you know, people that have come into my life. I've met at LARPs or D&D or nerdy things where it's like, oh, I really want to geek out with you, and I, like, I want to get to know your interests really hard. Like, I want to sit and listen to you talk about, like, your favorite things. So there's definitely been times where I've been swept off my feet by a friend. Okay. 
Something else too is that when I was doing a little bit of research about these definitions, I found out that there is something that is less commonly used, but is new relationship chemistry. Okay. NRC, which is focusing only on the actual brain chemicals, the actual physiological phenomenon going on in your brain when you meet someone new and you want to pursue a relationship with them. Ah, I believe the term for this is limerence. That's a little bit different. Oh, okay. But they are similar. Sorry, I was so happy that I knew this word before you typed it down into the show notes. Oh, yes. Well, it's, it is similar. Okay. For sure. So with the new relationship chemistry, it really focuses on the chemicals, the dopamine, the serotonin, the good feelings that you're feeling, the vibe, the adrenaline, right? Mm-hmm. Limerence, though, is related, and if you would like to explain it. It is the scientific word for love, or how a person feels love. A person feels limerence. Interesting. I have a different background about this word. Oh, Okay. So I'm, yeah, that's very interesting. This is the first I've heard it in your context. So I will admit the context that I picked it up from was a science fiction TV show. So oh. maybe the science fiction TV show was just messing with me. Yes. Or just gave me the wrong definition. I think it might have been using it because like a fancy term. Yes. Okay. Yes. So limerence is the feeling of that intense romantic desire. Okay. Um. So it's not necessarily general love. In fact, people who have limerence are often said to almost have this involuntary compulsion. Oh, I mean, I guess I was saying it just didn't specify the intensity of it. Okay, I see. Yeah, so this is something that is, I would say that it's more common to kind of think about this when you think about a monogamous situation. Like, at least this is what comes to my mind, is like more like traditional relationships, but I haven't heard it in the context of polyamorous relationships as much. Like, I more often hear new relationship energy being used in the polyamorous community. Well, I mean, I don't think limerence is just that common of a word. It's (laughs) not, no. And I think, trying to think about a little bit more objectively, like, it specifically sort of refers to, like, that moment in a romance or romantic comedy movie where two people, like, lock eyes across the room and suddenly they've instantly fallen in love. I don't think that necessarily limits it to monogamy. No, it's not limited to monogamy. It's just that that's what the origin of the word is rooted in more of the traditional relationships. And it it is very focused on the the really intense, almost involuntary compulsion that you have. Yeah, but I'd argue that it could also apply to like you seeing somebody who's not your spouse and instantly falling in love with them. Like in that sure. in that case it would be a form of cheating in a monogamous in a monogamous situation, yeah, I yeah. would be cheating. Yeah, I think just, like, how I had come across the term is that it was used specifically in those contexts. It was used in a more monogamous traditional relationship and was not used to necessarily describe poly- uh, polyamorous relationships. Okay. So that's at least my background. Like I said, my background was one science, science fiction science TV fiction show. TV show, okay. Yeah, because also, like you said, limerence is not a very commonly used word. So, anyways... Both terms, limerence, NRE, whatever you want to call it, new relationship chemistry, they can obviously be applied to different kinds of relationships. Yes. So whether they're monogamous or polyamorous or whatever in between, you can definitely use these things. It's just in the polyamorous community, you'll hear NRE like a lot. Yes. So 
I think that NRE also does a better job at encompassing because Limerence is very focused on romantic feelings, these intense romantic feelings. Yes. Whereas NRE can encompass all sorts of different kinds of energy. Yeah. So I kind of like that as well. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's entirely possible to have new relationship energy in a kink relationship. Yeah. Even if it does not involve sex or romance at all. It's just like I have a new play partner and all I can think about is playing with this new play partner. It gets your old play partners a little bit sad <laughs> and a little bit mad. A little jealous sometimes. A little jealous sometimes. Please refer back to our episode about micro-cheating and jealousy. If you want to learn more about and that. Compersion. And compersion, which if I was a prepared podcaster... You'd have the episode number. I'd have the episode off the top of my head, but I'm just an amateur. Yes, we are very amateur. So, yes. But I completely lost my train of thought. What was I talking? My Gertrude. Oh, because your par- partners get sad. Oh, your partners get sad. And it doesn't just have to be kink. It doesn't just have to be sexual or romantic relationships. It'd be kinky relationships. Yeah. And also, new relationship energy can also affect your friendships, not just your romantic and sexual relationships. In fact, this is probably most commonly the most commonly seen form of jealousy in movies is the friends being jealous of the fact that their friend is just totally focused on a new romantic partner. And how many people, okay, audience, folks, how many of you have seen... You know, one of your best friends, they just got a new partner and they're so engrossed and you're like, damn it, Karen, I just wanted to see you for our normal movie night. And instead you got to go with your new partner on a date. Yeah. And that's just like in an, oh, and then they're texting, you know, Karen's texting (laughs) her partner. I don't know why I chose Karen. Yeah, especially since Karen has a whole it has a whole thing. Yeah, whole you're thing right. going That's a on bad, right now. This is the this is the cool Karen. This is it's the cool Karen, Karen with a C. Karen with a C. Karen with a C. Cool Karen, not the, the Karen, old Karen. The Karen Karen. The Karen Karen. Exactly. Ah. Oh, the Karen Karen Karen. I think you lost me. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, the cool Karen, you know, and she's like engrossed in texting her new partner. Yeah. Yeah, and then how many of you also? Audience folks. Audience folks. That's my new term for our okay. listeners. Quote yeah. unquote. Audience folks. How many of you have been that person? Like, just think about that. Because I'm sure I've been that person. Gee, have you been that person? So, for the most part, no. Except for one time. Okay, well, you've done it once. Yes. I will say, I think for the most part, I feel a very sort of muted form of new relationship energy. Like I said, it takes me a long time for me to get comfortable with a person, even as a friend, and oftentimes even longer to get to the point of relationship. You can ask R about that. <laughs> I mean, we even we took a little while before we got to relationship stage. It was like three or four months. Although apparently you had assumed that we were in a relationship long before I did. You told me that later. Yeah. Yeah, because... I think, I think I kind of considered like the Thai restaurant to be like our sort of first a date. Date, yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> no, that was definitely our first date, but we weren't dating. Yes. Yes. I don't know. It's weird for me. Anyways, okay. so yeah, I've done it. I think when I was younger, 
So now okay. I don't do it as much, or at least for me, like I still experience NRE. It's not necessarily muted or not muted. See, we talked about limerence, brain chemistry. I'm going to talk, well, I want to go back to brain chemistry real quick. Okay. So the one important thing that I wanted to talk about with NRE is that it affects your brain chemistry and can result in distorted perceptions. Okay. So this is not necessarily a bad thing. Just because you have distorted, I mean, everybody has distorted perceptions throughout their life. You know, you might go through some situation, it skews your perception, you might have some trauma, whatever it is. So in the way that negative things can impact our perceptions and distort our perceptions, so can good things. You know, so you might really like be in love with this person or, or think you're in love with this person. And because of that, you have these distorted perceptions. And that might mean that you might think that the other person or other people are perfect for you and you therefore downplay or overlook some of the problematic aspects of them. Yes. This is very common. Yes. And you might also downplay some of the problematic aspects of yourself. Or downplay some of the problematic aspects of the relationship. Right. So. Exactly. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more shortly. But I wanted to give, because we gave a Wikipedia explanation of NRE, Mm -hmm. I wanted to actually quote someone who has her doctorate, a PhD, Dr. Elizabeth A. Sheff. She's from the Polyamorous Next Door. And we'll link the article in the show notes um, where I've pulled this from. But she says, what is NRE? Polyamorous people describe the glowing, exciting, bubbly feeling of being enraptured with a new partner as new relationship energy. Monogamous can experience this evervescently as well, usually when they have just begun to date someone about whom they are quite excited. Closely akin to the feeling of falling in love, NRE happens when people are fascinated with each other, but not yet aware of the negative aspects of their new crush. In the grips of NRE, everything the new hottie says is captivating, but it is not yet clear, say, that they have terrible politics or leave their dirty clothes all over the living room. So I thought that was an excellent quote from this article that I read on NRE. And uh, that just relates back to the fact that, you know, in the beginning, you're not aware of those negative aspects. Those are things that you normally learn over time. I mean, you also can be aware, but because of NRE, you downplay it. You downplay them. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. So, you know, you meet a person for the first time. It's like, oh, you know, the... I'm just going to pick a random trait. Uh, the fact that they leave their clothes strewn on the floor is just a quirk of theirs. Right. And, you know, they'll eventually pick it up, but as time goes on and NRE kind of wears off, it's like, well, I'm kind of tired of tripping over your shirt every time I enter the bedroom. (laughs) So. Right. Or, oh, I didn't know that you supported that politician. That's awful and terrible. Yes. So I think this sort of leads into how NRE can affect polyamorous relationships. Well, actually, I want to take a step back first. I want to take a step back. So I think... Limerence, or NRE, is the type of relationship we see most in our cultural media. In movies, in books, this kind of being swept off your feet and... Everything's really amazing in the Everything's beginning. amazing. Everything's dramatic. Mm-hmm. High drama. I mean, it's not just... This relationship ends, like, oh, you know, go find somebody else. It's like, if this relationship ends, the world is going to end. Right. Real, real Romeo and Juliet stuff. <laughs> it's not just, you know, oh, I've fallen in love with this 
girl from my political enemy. It's like, oh, we must be together. And if we can't be together, we must kill ourselves because the world is unbearable without each other. Well, I got really, got really into that. You did. Uh, which I think has had some harmful effects within our culture. Oh, for sure. Because this is the most popular depiction of relationships because it's probably the most interesting thing to see. A little less interesting to see a couple that's been, you know, together for 20 years and has had their ups and downs, but, you know, still make it work. (laughs) I think this has led to a lot of people just kind of expecting every relationship to be like that. And when that feeling goes away, it means the relationship has gone bad. For them, like they perceive it that it's gone bad. Yes. So that's something I'd like to push back on. You can have very long, fulfilling relationships after NRE has sort Absolutely. of faded away. And there are also ways, as I was doing research, there was something else that was brought up, which is like how to rekindle that NRE, right? That's something that other people that I've heard, again, this is mostly hearing it from monogamous people, but you can extrapolate to polyamory is like, oh, how to like rekindle the flame, how to like fall in love again, right? With your partner, your longtime partner. And so there are ways to bring back in those elements over time. Yeah. If you want that. But, you know, you don't have to have NRE all the time for it to be a great relationship. Yeah. So uh, this leads me to want to talk about NRE within polyamory. Now, I think... For the most part, not always, but for the most part, people who are into polyamory have a better time dealing with NRE because they have a term to use to talk about it. They know this is a thing that happens. We talk about it in our community. Yeah. Even though I think even when I first joined, like, it's not like the first thing that people talk about when you first join the community, but I think it's close. Yeah, early on. Like, fairly early on, people start talking about NRE. So, one thing... That NRE can do in polyamory is it can put strain on your old relationships. Because you have this sort of distortion. I mean, partially it's because of, like this distortion that M was talking about earlier of like everything is just amazing. Uh, like this person is perfect and, you know, you want to spend all your time with them. Or maybe you don't feel like you're spending that much time with them because everything's so awesome. But it's actually like you're spending a lot of time with them. And right. you're kind of neglecting your other relationships. Right. This is a common problem, especially for people who are not experienced polyamory. Yeah. And another another issue is just like NRE is fun. Like it's fun to be in NRE. Absolutely. It's fun to be in that sort of swept off your feet feeling and being like, oh, like, you know, I'm just... Looking at the world through rose-colored glasses, and I'm just walking on sunshine. And, you know, it's a fun feeling. Yeah. Like, it makes you want to be more of that person that produces that fun feeling. However, this can cause strain on your other relationships because you're not putting in the time and energy that you used to put into those old relationships. And, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, the usual solution is communication and boundary setting. (laughs) Be open to your partners talking to you about your new relationships let them express how they're feeling about it whether they're feeling you know neglected or if you're not putting enough attention to them and be prepared to set and respect boundaries yeah so definitely making sure that you are setting aside time for old relationships is important dr chef who i quoted before she actually did a 25 year longitudinal study on polyamorous families which is a hell of an accomplishment yeah that's 
That's mind-blowing, Mind-blowing, yeah. She says one of her respondents in the study equated this process of kind of compensating for NRE as uh, an analogy to shooting an arrow. So she says, uh, when shooting at a target in a stiff wind, archers actually aim off to the side of the target and allow the wind to blow the arrow to the bullseye. So this is like the wind that is uh, pushing you is NRE. And you mm. need to make sure that you are giving proper attention to your existing relationships and your older relationships. So there is a bit of compensation that comes. And when you are experienced in polyamory or with NRE or whatever, limerence, then I think you get better at, at compensating, like we kind of said. Something else that I think is a little bit of uh let people should note, and then I was running this by X actually, before we started this episode, mm -hmm. uh, my partner X, and he said, well, that's just common sense, but I'm going to tell you anyways. Uh, this is another quote from, from that same article by Dr. Chef. Uh, she says, community, as in the polyamorous community, wisdom holds that making major decisions about life when in the grips of NRE is a bad idea. And having a child quitting a job or moving to a different state to be with a new beloved is generally not advised within the first year of any kind of relationship, polyamorous or otherwise. And I think that is, again, that's sort of the common sense. Well, X says it's common sense, which is hilarious considering his situation. But also, <laughs> sorry, this is just a little, I know X is listening to this, and it is a little bit of a common sense. But also, if you've just met someone, you know, maybe don't move to a different maybe don't jump into maybe i don't what are your thoughts g so here are my thoughts i think it is excellent advice not to make major life decisions in the grips of nre however because you're in nre unless you already have integrated this advice into your life right it's going to be very hard for anybody to stop you absolutely <laughs> like if you haven't already like internalize this advice of like don't make like major decisions when in the groups of nre like there's really not a whole lot that can stop you from making major That's decisions true. in the grips of That's nre because it's just really it distorts your whole perception and it's have control of your brain and also here's something else and we didn't talk about this up front but how long does nre last and the answer because i thought it was only supposed to be like a few months i was like okay three months or so maybe a year most no, NRE can last for years, up to they're saying like three years potentially that NRE can last. I depends mean, on the person, depends on the situation. I mean, I've also met people who claim that NRE like never went away in their relationship, like 10 years in. So like, I think there are ways to like keep it going. Like you said, like rekindling There's the rekindling, flame. Yeah. Like there, I think a lot of it is like sort of getting to habits and, like, rekindling a flame is not, like, breaking those habits, breaking habits and yeah. doing, like, new things, right. new exciting things. the novel things. things. Yes. Yeah, that's what the, the new relationship, you know? There are people who say that they are NRE fetishists, right? Or that's their kink, NRE is their kink. Yeah. And they will just pursue, like, one new relationship after another new relationship. Yeah. That's kind of kind of problematic. <laughs> it can be. I think, you know, like any kink... As long as people are aware. So if somebody comes up to me and they're like, I really want to experience NRE with you. That is something that I am seeking and I that's it. Mm -hmm. That'd be like, cool. We can negotiate about that. But if you're just off like, oh, I just really like new relationships. And then I'm going to like fool you. Or like well, lead you, not lead you on, but like, you know, I'm going to like pretend like I really want to be in a long-term relationship. But really, I'm just trying to get this NRE. Well, yeah, I think like if you know... 
you know. And that, you know you know. Yeah. And that makes everything a lot easier. But I think a lot of people don't know that. Right. And they just sort of keep on chasing the new right. relationship. And they, they don't high. even know for themselves that they're chasing that. Yeah. But that's what they're chasing. So, yeah. And this goes back to the point that you brought up earlier about how having just the term NRE is helpful because yes. you can identify it in that way, in that concrete way. This is NRE. I know what this is. So, yeah. But I think when we think about the timeline of NRE, I mean, if, if NRE is lasting you like three years, that's why sometimes maybe even wait, like it depends on the person. Again, I'm not going to say like everybody has to wait like five years to make sure that they want to be with this person. But for me, I know I like to take relationships slower. So for me, I would think like, okay, at the three year mark, then I'm like, okay, now I can consider some of these bigger decisions Mm -hmm. for me personally. But it really depends on the person, the relationship, and the life circumstances. Yeah. So. So let me ask you a question. I myself don't feel like I experience NRE too much, Mm -hmm. but you have actually seen me enter into a new relationship since we started a relationship. Yeah. Did you notice any large difference that I, being in my own brain, can't see my biases? Like, mm-hmm. did you notice any large differences? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And it's something that I talked about with X, actually, because you started dating R. Yes. And I think for me, it was very evident. Like, the NRE was especially, like, very uh, sexual. Okay. Between you two. And so I felt a lot of the energy from that, like the residual energy from that. And I've also felt like because you now have a kind of primary sexual partner that you are no longer interested in doing those things with me. So I kind of feel like, yeah, I guess for me, it was like a big shift. Okay. Because like the way that we interacted before R and the way that we're interacting after R has been like in your life now is very different. Okay. All right. So that's just my perception. I would say, like, that's not, like, from from an outside perspective, I didn't notice it as a romantic NRE as much as it was a more... I mean, not that I'm not saying you didn't experience romantic feelings, just that that wasn't the main component that I was feeling. The okay. The component that I was feeling was the sexual component. All right. Because it also makes me think, like, when, when you're with a partner and they get a new partner, that partner is also often filling a gap. Not that they have to. But they often fill a gap. And I know that because I'm asexual and like we have differing sexual interests and kinky interests, I did feel like R was filling that gap. Okay. So in a way, that's cool. Because I was like, okay, well, you're clearly not getting that from me in the way that you want. So now you can get that. That's cool. And at the same time, I was like, oh, I really wish that I could have been like that. You know? Does that make sense? Yeah. Also, like, I've experienced NRE myself, so I don't know. It's like, viewing it on the outside is different from experiencing it. Yes. Do you want to talk about one of the times you experienced NRE, or do you want me to talk about it? The ones are big time for me? Yeah, why don't you talk about your, you said you experienced it, like, what, only the one time? I think, like, real hard one time. Is this Jay? I mean, Jay a little bit, but no, this is... C. C. Okay, I don't really remember C, but go ahead. Talk about C. So C is the reason why I'm in the kink scene. Oh. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think I do remember this. Yes. Okay. So this was quite a few years ago at this point. And I met C 
had an orientation for an organization that we were joining. And, you know, you know, she seemed nice enough at the time. And she mentioned that she was interested in joining. She's interested in joining this company that my mother worked for, that had, had worked for. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I can, if you give me your number, like I can arrange for the two of you to talk. You know, that way you can do some networking. Hey, you know, I thought she was cute at the time. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would not mind if I'd gotten her number. So I was like, yeah, but I wasn't like angling for it. Uh, so I got her number. I gave it to my mother. I told my mother, like, you can contact this person and, you know, talk about the business you work, used to work in. And then she called me. I was like, hey, you know, can we, like, before I talk to your mother, can I, like, talk to you and, like, get your perspective on things? I was like, yeah, sure. So we met up for a lunch meeting, for sort of lunch, and to talk. And then we proceeded to keep on talking for the rest of the day. Oh, wow. Which, for our listeners, might not sound like a big accomplishment, but because, you know, I edit these things, there's not quite as many pauses in my speech. I've also gotten much better at, like, just general conversation over the years. Like, back then... So it was like about like a roughly like seven to eight hour period where we just like talk to each other. I think I talked to C more in that seven to eight hour period than I had to any other one person in the previous month. Maybe the past two months. Like I was just not a very talkative person. <laughs> and I was like, I am in love with C. And wow. I was heads over heels. And she was not. <laughs> Oh, so <laughs> unrequited love. Yeah, that's a bummer. No, I mean I wouldn't be but part you, of the kink scene sure, without C. And, sure, and then you also had that amazing experience of really connecting with someone. Yeah, you know, for that whole time. So that's great. Yeah, I've had a lot of ex- experiences like that actually. So like that was only one time for you, but I think I've had that a lot of times. And sometimes it's, again, it's not romantic. Sometimes it's just emotional and sometimes it's sexual or whatever it is. Um, Because for me, like I am asexual, but if I'm going to experience sexual attraction, it's in rare certain circumstances. And one of those times is that I can be more, I can, it's more likely for me to be sexually attracted to someone that I don't know well. Yeah. So like really hitting it off with like a near stranger can have that sexual component for me um, or at least a sexual attraction component. But I, even then I'm not going to like pursue it. Normally I don't pursue that sort of thing. Um, whereas I will, like if I get really in like talking to someone for like, you know, however long hours and hours, then, you know, I tend to develop really good friendships from those things. And there is some, although it's like, there's not a lot of evidence right now, but they are finding that relationships that have, stronger nre in the beginning often are the ones to last i mean this is just a generalization yeah but that's what some of the evidence is showing that relationships that have that initial spark tend to be the ones that are long lasting potentially because you can rekindle that flame okay but then there's also these negatives right so yeah i i guess i want to make it clear to our audience folks that we're not, like, saying NRE is bad. Oh, no, no, no. For sure. Well, I think what we're saying is that NRE is a thing that exists. Mm-hmm. And if you're polyamorous, you just want to be aware that it exists and perhaps compensate for it. Yes, you have to. Like com- that yes. archer. Yes, like the archer. 
so that it doesn't negatively affect your other relationships. Because I'm assuming here that, you know, you still care about your other relationships. And when the NRE fades from your new relationship, you would still like to have those old relationships. And I will say I've been on the side of like my other partners getting new relationships and neglecting me. Mm -hmm. And that sucks. It sucks to be neglected. Yeah. And yeah, I've, I've definitely, I've seen that happen. And I've, I've experienced it happen. Yeah. And it's just, it's a bad feeling, you know, and then you start, I think it also brings up a lot of insecurities because then it kindles that jealousy in you. And then you also kind of like lose sight of like, well, why am I in this relationship? So it's definitely really important for the old relationships to be still cared for. Yeah. And tended to. Yeah. But it can also be, you know, like, where does it, where do you think, G, that it's just like, okay, well, you naturally are just kind of splitting apart. Like, you know, let's just say this partner finds another partner and you find another partner and there's a lot of NRE and then you just kind of drift apart. Yeah, that happens. That happens. Yeah. I mean, I love tea very much, but, you know, partially because of the coronavirus, we're living very far apart from each other. Uh, she's in another state in another region of the United States. And, you know, she's basically spending all of her time with this other partner who I had initial, I had some feelings of jealousy over the fact of their DS relationship. And I'm spending all my time down here, mostly with you and with R. But, you know, I still care for T. Yeah. And we still talk fairly regularly, but I don't... It's hard to deny that we have not, we're, we're more, we're, like I said before, we're more of a platonic relationship now right? than a, than a sexual one. Right. Like, I still deeply care for T, but T is often in other regions of the United States, and the main way we stay in touch at this point is playing video games with each other. Which is still super valid. Yeah. Definitely. But, you know, I think it was a sort of a natural point of divergence for us. Like, we both wanted different things in our relationships. Like I said, T was very interested in DS. And while I have now dipped my toes into the DS pool, (laughs) I'm still not particularly interested. Oh, yeah, you've dipped your toes into the DS pool. I have dipped, like, my pinky toe into the DS pool. (laughs) Yeah. As an S-type. As an S-type, yes. With M, forced life coach, as your top. <laughs> yes. How's that been going for you? I mean, I know, because, you know, I'm the top, but... <laughs> are, we, are we talking about this now? Sure. Okay. I mean, as long as you are comfortable with it. Yeah. I think it has been good for what I wanted, which was to sort of keep... Uh, to generate and keep momentum in accomplishing certain goals. Actually, before you go into this, or before you continue, yes, just to clarify for our audience folks, G is sort of temporarily in a DS relationship with me. Yes. With me as the D-type. Mm-hmm. But it's not a traditional relationship in that sense. It's not a traditional DS situation at all. It is not. Right. Uh, okay. In fact, what I asked for was something you had offered before, which I turned down before, which was sort of a forced life coach of like, I'm doing these, I'm telling you to do these things because they are in your best interest. 
and you're going to give me sort of a report of how you're doing. Yeah. So, you know. So very low key. Yes. So, you know, I tell you, it's like, oh, these are the kinds of things I'm trying to accomplish. You know, I'm trying to finish this, the training for the certificate. You know, I'm trying to search for jobs. This is sort of the schedule. I I send you a weekly schedule. Yep. And, you know. Which is due tonight. Yes, which is due tonight. And you sort of enforce me to keep to that schedule. Yep. And it has been it has been doing what I've wanted to do, which is to help me generate and keep momentum on these things. Uh, however, as I've told M already, I do not think this could work for me long term because there have definitely been times where you've texted me to do something, and my first initial reaction was the fuck you say <laughs> um, before I have to like calm down and be like, no, gee, you asked for this. <laughs> This is for your own benefit. <laughs> so just respond nicely to M, who's doing this for your benefit. <laughs> and this, you know, I, this goes back to sort of my childhood traumas and how I was raised and sort of controlled in my youth and adolescence. You know, when somebody gives me a direct order, one of my first instincts is to be like, Screw you. Right. <laughs> you can advise me all you want, but if you just, like, tell me what to do... Say anything, yeah. My first instinct is to say, screw you. So, while I do... Let me be very clear, audience folks. I do deeply appreciate what Em is doing for me right now, and being a forced life coach. I do not think this could work for me long term. Because I think, eventually, my resentment would build to the point where it would start... Yeah, that would negatively impact our relationship. Yes. That was a fun segue, though. We had a fun little tangent. Okay. Anyways, why did we even bring DS up? Uh, T. And oh, okay, yes. Dipping your toe D. into... Right. Yes. yes. So, yeah, I guess in a way, we are doing a new relationship thing in our relationship. Yes. Although there is no limerence for me no. in, this nece- in this scenario. I mean, do you... Out of curiosity, I mean, I feel like this is further going into the segue, but do you find it satisfying? Like, I know you have some D-type tendencies. Do you find this satisfying for those tendencies or urges? No. Okay. No, it's this is purely out of, like, I want to help you progress in your life. For me to have, like, a satisfying, if I were going to be a D-type to someone, and it was going to be, like, kind of, well, what I do with X, we do casually... And that's very satisfying. But if I were going to have like a more consistent or like, you know, 24-7-esque kind of situation, I think that would be better. And like, there would be a lot of protocols and I like protocols, not a lot of protocols. You have to see, you just got to have just enough because you don't want to overwhelm. So a couple protocols and like a little bit more formality. Okay. And that's kind of what I would look for if I was going to like satisfy my D urges. But right now I'm satisfying my I love you urges. Oh, I love you too. Um, I think that actually, like, did we cover everything? I think we did. Okay. Yeah, I don't have anything, like, super else to say. Well, I talked about one of my time. Did you want to talk oh, about... Oh, talk about one of the times that I've had... Okay. Yeah. Again, if you don't want to talk about it, that is perfectly fine. But if so, you do... I don't know if this person will ever listen to this episode, but his name is Jay. Okay. And uh, we met at a hypno thing. Okay. And it was my first 
first hypno convention. All right. Hypno King convention. And I remember seeing him playing with somebody's hair and I was door dragoning. I was checking badges, making sure people are, you know, wearing their badges coming into the con. And I just saw him there playing with this person's hair. And I was like, I, I want to be where that person is. Like I want my hair played with by that person specifically. It's a very specific, like kinky attraction because hair play is a kink, right? Well, it's a little bit of sensual attraction. And I approached him. I asked, you know, if he would like to play with my hair. We arranged that. And we spent a long time just doing that. Like, we played for a, a while um, with him just playing with my hair. And it's like that thing where you were talking to C for a long time. You know, he could have played with my hair forever. That's how it felt mm-hmm. at the time. And we almost didn't separate. I mean, like, after that point, we just kept playing with each other. And then we were going out to dinner together. And then we were you know, telling each other about, you know, our lives. Um, it was very intense and it was very quick. And I remember even on the third day of him knowing me, he says, this is going to sound crazy, but I love you. And that is a hallmark of NRE. Yes. And it was lovely. I will say some lovely, lovely NRE. All right. That was lovely. I think I think there are times where I wish I could be swept off my feet more regularly, but I think I think in the long run, like my approach leads to somewhat more stable relationships. I mean, I know you said that there's some some evidence, but it's not really it's not proven either way. Yeah, like I it think, just takes think, me a long yeah, time to I'm get sorry. comfortable with a person. I and, think both approaches can lead to very long, healthy relationships. Yeah. Whether you are falling head over heels NRE or you are taking it slow and mellow, I think both can lead to long and healthy relationships. Okay. Well, you want to do the... Uh, So if you like us talking about new relationship energy, or if you want somebody else to experience being in a new relationship with a podcast... Oh, I love it. You can share this episode uh, with your friends and people who you think would want to be in a new audience folks podcast host <laughs> relationship okay i've lost this <laughs> uh and it really helps us out if you share the podcast also feel free to tip us yes at the bottom link at the bottom of the show notes link at the bottom of the show notes yes that will help to sustain our new relationship with all the new people that you're sharing it with exactly well this is M. this is g Don't be afraid to love how you love. Love what you love. And love who you love. If you'd like to get in touch with either M or myself, you can tweet us at KNP Podcast. You can find us at knppodcast.tumblr.com. Or you can email us at kinky.nerdy.poly at gmail.com. But I also feel like one advantage about you playing that game is that you are uh, very quick to fill things in if you need to. Because yeah. you have a lot of practice mm-hmm. and a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and X and I just don't have that. I mean, after all, I am the true vessel oh of Zundar. Oh my god, Zundar. I knew that you were going to bring this up. <laughs> don't you dare bring Zundar into this. I don't know what you're talking about. Don't bring Zundar into this. Zundar the Earth Child, you mean? Yes, Zundar the Earth Child is not coming into this. This is between me and you. I 
and Zundar is not a part of this. As the true vessel. You are not the true vessel. As the one true vessel of Zundar. Of Zundar. No. I'm afraid anything that involves me also involves Zundar. You're wrong. (laughs) And I would know that because I am the true vessel of Zundar. I am the one. And when I say to Zundar, go fuck off for a little bit, Zundar (laughs) goes and fucks off a little bit. (laughs) You do not talk to Zundar, the Earth Child, like that. Um. I would know, because I have talked to Zundar the Earth Charlie that, you know, if you knew Zundar, you would know that they are very down to earth. See? The Earth <laughs> Child, down to earth. I'm sorry, I have respect for the Earth. Well, I guess then you celebrate Earth Day. You mean Zundar Day? Zundar Day. Yeah. Yes, well, let's put our differences aside for now. Okay. 